Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. I am the God of all flesh, and I am the Father of spirits, and I seek and desire those to worship me in spirit and in truth. When you want to seek me, you have to seek me by praising me. You must praise me to seek me, and when you seek me, you will find me. And when you find me, I will show you my salvation. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, he put me up in a spot. All right. I have a, um, years ago, I had a, a dear friend of mine that was in severe trouble. He was in trouble with the law. He was in trouble with where he, where he was residing. He was in trouble with where he worked. And they, they didn't know what to do with him. And frankly, this person this friend of mine, this dear friend of mine was trying to commit suicide. He was trying to die. And he was in a a state far away from my family and I. We couldn't get to him. And they stuck him in in an institution. And they were getting ready to do something with him that was going to totally destroy his life. And we couldn't, we went to his superiors and we said, you got to help. And they said, we can't help him. And we went to everybody we knew. We called everybody that we knew that might help. And nobody could help him. We had one more left. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And we went to Jesus. I went to Jesus. I said, you can't do this to him. You've got to help us. And one night we were worshiping and praising in this sanctuary. And I was dancing. You saw the dancers here. And I turned a corner and the anointing of God came up in me and the Spirit of God said out of my mouth, you can't have him. The devil was trying to kill him. And I said, you can't have him. You know who was it that was saying that? It was Jesus in me. He said, you can't have him. The moment I said that, a man walked into the institution and he said to the superiors there, you can't have him. He's mine, and he came out, and he came home, and he's perfectly fine, and he's walking with God. Now, that's the faith we want. That's the faith we want. I spoke last week about what we believe, that Jesus wrote the book on faith, that there's one step to faith, and that's to believe the gospel. Now, I know, I know I've walked this. You say, but how do I believe? How do I believe? We're going to look at that today. But first I want us to go to Romans 1.16. This is Paul speaking. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why is he not ashamed of it? He said, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What brought that man out of the institution where they were going to destroy him? What brought him out of his trying to commit suicide? The power of the gospel. The power of God. God has power. And it is available to us if we will believe. 
If we will believe the gospel, Paul says here, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You got no power, you got no gospel. When you got the gospel, you got the power. Now, it says, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, everyone, to everyone. It is the power of God to everyone. Are you an everyone? You are not a not everyone. This is to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Before I go on, I want you to see that. From faith to faith. You're not going to heal cancer until you can heal the flu. You're not going to believe God for the million dollars until you can believe God for 15. It is from faith to faith. you got to start somewhere, and you start with the gospel. You start with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Before I go on, I want you to turn to Romans 4. Or Romans 3, and I want you to look at one verse. Don't ever forget this verse. Romans 3, verse 4. It says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Let God be true, but every man a liar. This word of God is the truth. What you see and what you hear is a lie. Do you hear that? Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. In that situation with that man, they were telling us there's no hope for him. We can't help him. We can't do anything. He's on his way down. They said that he was going to be destroyed. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. We said different. We said Jesus. We said Jesus. We said Jesus died for him, that he was buried for him, and that he was raised again from him. Let God be true and every man a liar. That is something you need to remember. Let God be true. The word of God is truth. Jesus said it cannot be broken. The word cannot be broken. God cannot ever fail. He never fails. Now that we got that, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to find out exactly. I'm going to remind you exactly what we have to believe in. We have to believe the gospel. That's where the power is. That's where our faith has to be in. And that's where we learn to believe. Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. What is Paul preaching here? He's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the gospel. He said, verse 2, by which you are saved. Set it safety, anything you need, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. You see, one of the things about believing is you got to keep it in memory. You got to keep it in memory. Verse 3, for I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures. What does that say? Scriptures. What is that? That is the word of God. The word of God cannot be broken. It cannot be broken. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. 
Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. They're telling you you're going to get fired. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. All right. Now, let's go to Romans 4. We see a perfect example. A perfect example of how we need to believe. How to believe. How to get this to work in our life. It won't work unless we believe. Verse 17 of Romans 4, this is Abraham. He says, as it is written, this is God speaking to Abraham, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, Abraham believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Do you see what God does? He calls those things which be not as though they were. Do you realize that the things that you see and the things that you walk on, that chair that you sit in is all temporal. It's all temporary. The things that you can't see are eternal. What you see with your eyes, what you feel with your hands is just temporary. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. All right. Now, it says, verse 18, who against hope, against hope, it is against hope. It looks impossible. Against hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken to Abraham, so shall thy seed be. God spoke the gospel to Abraham. You know what the gospel was? So shall thy seed be. He was talking about Jesus. So shall thy seed be. That's what Abraham, the gospel was preached to him. That's what he's believing in. That's what he's trusting in against hope. Against hope. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. All right, verse 19. And being not weak in faith. Look how he's not weak in faith. Pay attention of how he's not weak in faith. How is he not weak in faith? Be a careful reader. The next phrase will tell you how he is not weak in faith. It says he considered not his own body now dead. Amen. He considered not his own body now dead. What he sees, he doesn't consider. What he feels, he doesn't consider. What's he considering? The word of God, what God said, so shall thy seed be. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. He does not consider the situation. What does he consider? He considers what God said. That is not being weak in faith. It says, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. He opened his mouth and gave glory to God of what God had promised him. Not considering that hundred-year-old body that's dead. Doesn't consider it. Doesn't look at it. He looks at what God promised him. Do you see what believing is? You don't consider the situation. You don't consider how you feel. You don't consider what's coming down the road. You consider what God said. You consider what God did. 
you trust, you look at, you hang on to, you preach to yourself what God promised. And it says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded, fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Now, you know what happens when you do that? When you don't consider what's, what the circumstances or your feelings, but you consider what God said. You consider the gospel. You consider what Jesus did for you. You consider what, what Jesus did for you on the cross, what he did for you when he was dead, what he did for you when he was raised again. That's what you look at. That's what you think on. That's what you talk to yourself with. And when you do that, I'll show you what happens. Go back to Romans 3. Verse 7. For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why am I also judged as a sinner? Look at that. If the truth of God abounded through my lie, you look up that word, it means superabound. When you hang on to the word of God, the truth, the truth, and not consider the situation or your feelings, when you hang on to that truth, when you trust in that truth, when you look at that truth, it abounds through your lie, through what you feel, what you see. It abounds through the lie. It works through the lie. It overcomes the lie. And what happens? It manifests. It manifests. I have a great example of this. I shared months back about the, about the produce signs when I was working in a grocery store. God put me in a grocery store to make signs. That's how I learned how to, in the sign business. That's where I started. And he put me there to believe God. You know why? Because he had a, I had a job that the only way I made money was that the store needed signs. If the store didn't need any signs, I didn't work and I didn't make any money. Well, guess what? I needed to make money. My job was the, was the groceries for our home. My ex-husband, his job covered the bills, barely. And then what I worked, what I, what I made, that was groceries. I had four children, or two at the time, actually. I had two children. There was four of us in a house and a dog. Anyway, so I had to believe God for those hours. If there wasn't a lot of signs, I didn't make any money. So I would go in, and uh, I was able to work on my own. I was able to work out my own schedule. I would go in. I would go upstairs. I created a, a, a page for everybody. There were 11 different departments, I think, in the store. And I gave them each a page. I said, anytime you need signs, all you have to do is this. I made it as easy for them as possible because I wanted them to need signs. I wanted them to have signs so I could make some money. So I went in. And, 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 I, and I went to visit all the, all the different departments. What signs do you need today? I only need two. And another one would be, I only need three. And I only need this. And, and I'd go back up. Anybody need any banners? I mean, I can make a banner. Banner took a couple hours. I'll make you a nice, pretty banner. Don't need any. Kathy, sorry, I'm going to use the one you did last week. Okay, don't you want a prettier one? I mean, I needed the hours. So what did I do? I did not look at the situation. I did not look that there were no signs. I did not look that I was not going to have very many hours. I did not look at the way they were looking at me like, lady, leave us alone. 
I did not look at that. What did I look at? When Jesus died for me. I'll show you what I look at. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. I'll show you exactly what I looked at. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon Jesus. You know what that word peace means? It means welfare and it means prosperity. The chastisement, the punishment, the correction for me to have prosperity, for me to have welfare, everything I need was on the body of Jesus. That's what I looked at. People in this grocery store knew me. I'd mutter as I went down the aisles. What was I saying? Jesus died for me. He was buried for me. He bore my poverty. He became poor that I might be rich. That's what I was saying going up and down the aisles. Very quietly so they couldn't hear me totally. But they saw my mouth moving. Jesus died for me. The chastisement of my Peace was on Jesus. He became poor so that I would be rich. That's what I looked at. I preached it to my dresser in my bedroom. I told you I had the most sanctified dresser you ever saw. I'd sit on the bed and I'd preach the dresser, the gospel, what Jesus did for me. I spoke it. I talked about it. I read it. I prayed it. And you know what happened that day? I went, I was in the uh, drug department and I got a phone call. Kathy, meet me in the grocery department. It was the, it was the, um, the, the store manager, Bruce. We called him Napoleon. He was shorter than I was. Boy, he could run that store. I walked over there. I said, what can I do for you? This was the time of the Iraqi war. This was the time that our soldiers were getting ready to go over there. He said, Kathy, I just got a, a note uh, a bulletin from the, from the home office. In, in, it was somewhere in other, some other state. He said, we are going to do a big promotion because of our military. They're going over to Iraq. He said, they want to do this big promotion. So they've sent all of these different signs. We are going to have to replace every sign in the store with this new promotion. Oh, really? Do you know I worked hours and hours, I think, and he said, we have to do it fast. Because, you know, they could be in and out of there in a day. So we had to do, we, they, I came in, and I remember I worked almost 24 hours getting those signs ready for the store. Oh. Hours and hours I worked. And I worked, I remember one night, 3 o'clock in the morning, and the next night, like 2 o'clock in the morning. I replaced every single store in that, in that grocery store, every single sign. And you know what the double bonus was? Because I believed and I didn't consider what it looked like, but I considered what Jesus did for me. But three days later, we had all the signs replaced. They were all this camouflage stuff. And they said, we're at war with prices. Well, some of the military got offended. What do you mean you're at war with prices when we're over here doing this? Oh, the grocery store said, oh, my gosh we got to get rid of all the signs. Guess what? When I redid the signs, they threw all the old signs away. Darn. Darn. Guess what? I spent two more days redoing every sign in the store. It was bonus week for Kathy. I overcame. Why? By trusting in what Jesus did for me and not what it looked like and not what it 
felt like. I talked to myself. I trusted in. I believed in. I hung on to when I felt different. And you know what happened after that situation? Right after that, right after I replaced all the signs and did that, another store called me and said, Kathy, you do such a good job here. Would you do our signs too? Doubled my business in one day. It wasn't, but two weeks later, the word was out. Kathy's doing another store. She does great signs. When I was finished and went into the sign business, I was doing four grocery stores. Four. You talk about hours. You talk about hours. Four grocery stores. You know what? That was because I believed that Jesus died for me. I trusted in that he bore my poverty. I trusted that the chastisement of my peace was on Jesus and not what I saw and not what I felt. And the gospel came to fruition. It manifested in front of my eyes. That's how you do it. That's how you believe. You trust in the gospel. And when you trust in that gospel, that gospel will abound through your lie and the truth will manifest. Let's go back to Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed. I'm not afraid to trust in it. I'm not afraid to hang on to it. I'm not afraid to look at it when it looks bad. And you know what? A lot of times it'll get worse. It'll get worse. This is a fight. The devil doesn't want you to get the gospel. It says, but I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, whatever you need. Now, if you want this gospel, if you want God to work with you, to talk to you, to minister to you, to lead you, to work with you, to fellowship with, you first need to be born again. You must be born again. Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart, uh, that Jesus was raised from the dead and you speak with your mouth, Jesus be Lord of my life. Jesus, the spirit of Jesus will be born into you and you will be able to walk, to be able to become a son of God where the gospel, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will work in you. You will become a son and a daughter of God. But you have to start by being born again. Jesus, the spirit of Jesus must be born into you, must be put into you. And then you must get that Bible out and you must read it. And you must read about the gospel. You must read Isaiah 52 and 53. You must read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus goes to the cross. You must pray the Psalms out loud, reading this word out loud. Why? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God, not looking it on a page. Hearing. That's how we walk in this. That's how we begin to believe. And it says faith cometh by hearing. Hearing what? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kd 
www.wol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.